to everyone around him. It is a household appliance. Andrew is just a machine. And yet you act like it is a man. But on December 17th... One wishes to have more expression. He'll show the world what he's really made of. I am trying to make something of myself. I am trying to fulfill my destiny. How's it going? Robin Williams. Andrew? Yes. He's had an upgrade. Bicentennial Man. Kiss me. No. No? No. PG special sneak preview tonight. It's cereal viewers. Yeah, I thought I'd try something different. This it week. works. It yeah. works. Yeah, I like that. Oh, thanks, man. I'm joined today by Toby. Hello, Alex. Hi, everyone. And I'm Stefan. Yeah. And today we're talking about quite an extraordinary, extraordinary film about an extraordinary being. A man that we forgot. Well, not the man that we forgot about. A film that we forgot about, starring a man that we cannot forget about, the yeah. late Robin Williams. Yeah, rest in peace, Robin. R.I.P. In this, he plays Robo Williams, and the film is Bicentennial Man. Wait, you you nailed it. You said that perfectly. <laughs> yeah, cheers, man. Bicentennial. Do you think that's the reason why this film didn't do too well, is that its title's challenging for people to say? No, I think it's the fact that it was marketed as this wholesome 90s family film, and the few clips that you saw of it as a kid, where he's playing the piano with the little girl. Oh, it's so wholesome. Oh, mm. every, You know, 90s films, everyone's smiling for no reason. It always gave you the impression that it was that kind of movie. Yeah. Fucking isn't, man. No, it's, a, <laughs> it's an existential drama. Literally. So I had this video. I still do, actually. It's in my mom's garage. I have this film on video. Oh, nice. Right. Never watched it. Okay. Never interested me. As much as I've seen clips before. And now after watching it again for this episode, I really think I made the right decision because I wouldn't have appreciated it as a kid. It's not a family film. No. No. Yeah, likewise for me, if I'd watched this back like in 1999 when it originally released, mm. I don't think it would have had the same impression on me that it did like today. Conversations of morality yeah. and yeah. human existence, what it's like to feel pain and pleasure and all that. That's the what? Five-year-old Toby listening to all that when he wants a lightsaber to show up. I actually saw this at around the time, 2000. Really? This was probably one of the like first DVD blockbuster trips because oh. it's that era, you know coming into the millennium. So it had the white blockbuster rental cover. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I know I know what you're talking about. Nice. And um yeah, I saw it and I just did not get it in the slightest. Yeah, you How old were you? Roughly well, five, six years old. Yeah, like yeah, if we look at it around that time. DVDs took a little bit longer to come out as well. Everything's really instant. There used to be a good Six seven month gap before the release. Phantom Menace came out on video start two thousand. I got it, and then the DVD came out in two thousand and one, which is why you have it, Alex. Remember we were living together. Yeah, Mm. it's why I kept rinsing your Phantom Menace DVD because it was alien to me. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I rinsed that once or twice as well myself. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. This film is something else, though. Um, I like to compare it to football, in which it's a game of two halves. This film is almost two halves. Yeah. Yeah, I know where you're going with this. The first half is a family comedy. I'd say that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. it goes as far as a comedy. You get those series. I mean, it's directed by Chris Columbus. Oh, yeah, it's got Chris Columbus all over it. All over it. Mrs. Doubtfire. um, Home Alone. Home Alone. Yeah. And then that film from 2002 where this kid goes into the sewer (sighs) as a giant snake. You're you're going to say this every episode. No, no, I've never brought it up before. (laughs) 
got the most 1999 um, cast ever known to man, by the way. But it's got a bit of a... And the crew as well. It's actually got a decent production force behind yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, which also... There's another thing that makes me feel like I'm baffled by. This film cost roughly around 100 million. No, you can tell. And for you the first tell. hour, yeah. I did not know why. Yeah, you wouldn't be And able. it's until the latter half... When the CGI turns up. Yeah, yeah. that you start to realise... Oh shit! That would have been really expensive. To and do it's back aged then. really well, actually, for the kind of uh, film that it is. I, I, no, it I, looks I, like if you compare it to other CGI films from the same era, most of them, the ones that look good, like The Matrix, The Phantom Menace, they that, all are that, more expensive. That's the benchmark. for a film of that kind of budget for its time. I think that the production values are really um, well; they're put in the right place. Yeah, mm. there's one in particular with the modification scene, which we'll eventually get to, where I actually went. That does look very good yeah, yes. for 99. Whereas there's other things in it where I'm like, wow, why did you bother? For me, those sequences, I hope that we all agree, are mainly when they're showing like the landscape of the cities and yes. yeah. seeing the flying cars. I was like, oh. where a matte painting would have done. Yeah. Like, nice. Look how much Star Wars holds up. And half of it is matte painting. Yeah, but by 99, you're looking at what they call and still do digital matte paintings, mm. which is what you get there, um, where you basically have a matte painting that you scan as the computer and you animate it. So Coruscant, that's mostly digital matte paintings sure. in mm. the prequel trilogy. Um, but I'm talking about the original trilogy. Oh, yes, yeah. but that You look was, at that, um, that holds up better than the prequel trilogy, for me at least. I yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree, I agree with and that. And then you look well. at, like, this, and there's these certain moments of what would be a utopia New York, and you're like, if anything, it's going to look shitter by the way the world is going. I love in the future, they're like, yes, tall high-rises, clean streets, and I'm like, no. No, it's still the same <laughs> nah, world. It's not happening. And this is technically 2005. <laughs> yeah. No, it starts really off saying. in 2005. By the time you get to the far distant future and the World Trade Center is twice the size that it was in the 90s, because obviously 9-11 oh, didn't yeah, happen. Oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> it's definitely not 2005 anymore. Nah. They're like, oh, it's the future, the World Trade Center. They made it taller. I'm like... Yeah, they did. <laughs> After they rebuilt it in a different design. People die, that wasn't a joke. It's I mean, the second not, not, episode not, we've mentioned 9-11, by that, the way. I was just thinking that. Uh, it's almost like we were alive at the time. <laughs> it opens with, because fuck it, we'll get straight into the movie and just kind of bring things out as they go along. Let's do it. Opens with a title card, which I've only seen in one other film and I think is underutilised with... In the not-too-distant future. X-Men. That. Yeah. And The Sixth Day with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Still haven't seen it, but that poster with him and the spectacles. is ridiculous. Every cinema that I went to in the year 2000 had that on the outside. It's iconic. To this day, I've never seen the film. It's It's, iconic. It's iconic, but it makes me kind of chuckle. But do you know another movie I referenced, uh, which I said earlier, that the opening also is very uh, reminiscent of? But I guess this would be the first, because it came out a year before. It is a hollow man. Yeah, and the other one I was going to say is Small Soldiers. The production line factory scene was reminiscent of Small Soldiers. Even um, uh, Short Circuit. 
know, the Ace film with Johnny Five, the start yes. of that film, it's production line, and it, it gives you the impression. I remember seeing that as a kid, and one it gives you the, the impression of being a very different film than it is. One of the Child's Play films does it as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah, this production line opening. It's two. It's is it Child's two? Play 2. Child's yeah. Play 2. Yeah, when they're recreating them. But this opening title sequence, I'm glad we brought it up because um, I was slightly hungover when I started, and about halfway through that title sequence, I would just like. Okay, Serby, yeah, this is very... I'm getting sensory overload from all of this. Mm. Um, all the rivets, all the gadgets, all the... But then I'm seeing at the same time the cast and crew involved. Um, you have Norman Reynolds, who did the production design for this, who did uh, Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yep. So you notice there is a little bit of that running through, like the hospital in the future looks like Cloud City. Mm. Um, so while all this whizzing and wearing is going on, I'm seeing people involved in the production that are making me excited, like, oh, this guy did, oh, this guy, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's accompanied by James Horner's score, which you can almost tell without them telling you that music composed yeah. by James Horner in the opening. Yeah, it's very distinct, isn't it? You know, that so. wholesome 90s family music yeah, where there's yeah. soft piano and the loss of, oh, a sense of wonder. And hope, you know? Hope, yes. Do you remember that time in 2005 when you got a slave robot, by the way? When I went Which to Florida, everyone yes. does in this film, right? Oh. Like, they even say, oh, our neighbours are... Dad's got one of those robots. You know when they bring it in at the beginning yeah. in a giant metallic coffin? And then uh, the kids are like, oh, the Franklin family or whatever the fuck they're called. Like, Martin, isn't it? No, no, no. I'm going to come in. I don't, I don't care. Come like, in, Alex. No, no, come no. In. I'm going to come in because I don't know if you guys noticed No, it. come in, bro. Come but, in. But one of the daughters actually says... Oh, the McCall Kate McAllister has that. And I started thinking, oh. Home Alone, Home Alone. No, I didn't pick up. I don't on know that. if you guys heard that, but no. she literally says Kate McAllister's dad has one. And I'm thinking, okay, Columbus, I see what you're doing there, man. I see your time. I see together. what he was doing but now. Kate as well. McAllister would be like in her 50s, 60s in 2005. That her dad would probably be like dead. Yeah, <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> well, this film point. has a very interesting attitude towards death, in that you know it's set over the course of two hundred years. A lot of people are going to die in that time. Literally, every everyone dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it's Asimov, Isaac Asimov. Yeah, uh, iRobot. Free robotic claws. Yeah, that comes out straight away because you are introdu introduced to Robin Williams in a costume. Let me reiterate that. So he is that. in that suit. Yeah. He is in that suit. So that's yeah. makeup time. Crazy. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I think they opted to have artificial skin later on is because he went, I cannot be fucked to get into that Tin Man suit <laughs> You get bored. <laughs> you get bored. Can we talk about the Yeah, suit? sure. Let's do it. Because yeah. I think it's arguably one of the worst things about the whole film. I didn't, I didn't mind it. It's, it's only when there were certain scenes... Okay, the scenes of dialogue where he's speaking to like Sam Neill or the daughters, for example, I, I was more focused on the narrative and what was going on rather than the look of him. It's when he's actually moving in certain sequences, especially in the first part of the film. He moves where, like Robocop. Yeah, I was like, uh, I don't know. But for me, that uncanny element sold him as being, I was going to say subhuman, but that's offensive. They make a point during this film that that kind of terminology is offensive. Mm. But it was the fact that he felt like a toy, 
almost. Mm. It felt like... Um, he is kind of a subhuman, though, because he sleeps in the basement. He does, he does. But there's kind of... <laughs> this film, there's almost like a pseudo-Pinocchio thing going on. Yeah. It's yeah. like Pinocchio yeah. wanted to become a real boy, but Pinocchio, over the course of 200 years, makes himself a real boy. He doesn't just go looking to experience this or go to the fairy. He actually develops himself as a person. And it's only once he develops his sense of self and his psyche that he is ready to get the nervous system and the, you know... So were you making a comparison or is that a criticism that you have? No, it's a comparison for me. Ah, Like, this is a very... um, It's not pure Pinocchio, Hmm. but there is a strong Pinocchio element with all of this. And I think that when he is the wooden puppet, essentially... um, that drives the point home even further because I kept wondering if that was Robin Williams in a suit. And if you can do, I know it's Star Wars again, but if you can convincingly play a robot and I'm wondering, is that an armature? Is that this? Then you've done the job. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like, I felt like he definitely did that in the early stages because like Stefan had said, it is Robin Williams in a costume, but I was also questioning myself in, in, in the early part of the film. It's the blinking it, eyes. It, the yeah. blinking eyes, you're like, yeah. how do they get that I'm like, it? wow, is that, is, that, is that him? Is it not him? Well, they're close-ups mostly, aren't they? So yeah. that could have been a mechanical, like, dummy Maybe he's head. only wearing about a third of the suit, the torso, and, the bit, and they've got wires running through that can make the eyes move and shit, yeah. Yeah, because people used to actually do stuff like that in movies. You mean practical effects? Yeah, man. <gasps> this, it's almost it, like, in contrast to other things in this film involving practical effects, where in particular, a lot of the female age makeup is atrocious. You think? Yeah, there's one particular scene where Embeth is it Davids? Davids, yes. Yeah, Embeth yeah, yeah. Davids is playing Little Miss, yeah. and that's what she's credited as in the film. Yeah, yeah. They like keep that. Uh, Sam Neill is Sir. Is that what they're yeah, credited as? Yeah, is credited as Sir because no one ever uses his name. He's only ever called Sir that's and Dad. That's fucking cool. Yeah, man. I didn't notice that. And the mum no, is Ma- Ma'am. Ma'am, yeah. And that's why it's Miss and Little Miss. Nice. Right. But it's Little Miss uh, is in her, like, 50s coming towards uh, on the beach. Mm. And in particular, they've make-upped her face but completely forgotten about her neck. Whereas one of your, like, ageing tales as you get older is your neck. Your neck, like... Starts to get... Yeah, sags. It looks a bit heavier. Gravity does its work. And that's one of those. Whereas... The stuff they do with Sam Neill in particular this is, what I is really good. Yeah. But I think that there's a similar thing with um, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man. Because watching this, I was thinking about how nowadays there's the whole um, AI digital de-aging thing that we're doing. Mm. And the mixed results versus Sam Neill's in this film, which is all prosthetics and looks great. But also, Sam Neill has aged really well. No, he has. So particularly in his later years, I was looking and thinking... How did they predict exactly how Sam Neill would look in? Because there's a later section of the film when the kids start growing up, which is set roughly 2020, 2021. Mm. Obviously, COVID is not even a thing they, they saw coming. No, existed. this future's a complete utopia. Do you know what I mean? Everything's yeah. happy everything in 2020. Is, everything is like bright and yeah. special, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah. Sam Neill was the one where the older he got and the more they aged him up, I'm like... That's exactly what Sam Neill looks like nowadays. Well, that's also going on, following on from Stefan's point, the makeup with the females um, in this film. Wendy Crewson, who played Ma, uh, the mother, mm. in that 20-year gap or whatever, when the kids are more grown up, she appears in a sequence where 
again, all they've done is just grayed out her hair. Yeah. They haven't really taken attention to the aesthetics to and make they've her gone look for older. Streaks. They haven't yeah. like given her just a grey wig. They've yeah. gone for like little streaks of grey hair. So yeah, so no. you got to give it to them for some of, of it. But there's some agent. of it, some of it where I'm looking at it going, that looks really silly. Yeah, but can you imagine how many actresses if they went to them like, okay, so you're 65. We'd like to put you in a fat suit because you put on weight. No, I need to be put No, I'm not suggesting that. It's, no, but I know that that's a conversation that would have come details up. Details like hands. Hands yeah. are like hands. The neck. veininess of the hands. Yeah, and you know, your yeah. hands really alter with age yeah. the more like you progress. So, yeah, that's the one that kind of threw me off the little details when it comes to makeup, which I they kind of took me out a little bit. Gets a little bit better later on in the film. But yeah, just a little bit. Definitely, little bit. I'd say that some of it is well done, and then Robin Williams at the end has kind of got the um, Guy Pierce Prometheus treatment. Oh God! Oh, at the very end. Yeah, where they're like, we don't know what people are going to look are, like. So who are like a yeah. hundred odd look like? So yeah. we'll make them look like. A gargoyle. <laughs> <laughs> like really old. That's the weird thing with aging is that you get things like that, but then you get Maggie Smith in Hook, who looks exactly like Maggie Smith looks like now as an old woman. Do you know mm. what I mean? You can get it either Same really Sam right. Same as Sam in this, though, as yeah, well. Yeah, case in point. You get it really right or really wrong. Yeah, true. He starts off the movie like a slave. I noticed this. So he is He's a, a robo-slave who gets abused by the family. The, the daughter specifically. One of them tells him to jump out of a window. Yeah, yeah which is one and of the best things. And then he develops a fear of heights. Yes. <laughs> and it's very... There's a lot of subtlety and nuance in this film. Yeah. And it's based on the understanding you have of characters that you've already got to know. So there's that scene where he's about to jump out. And then there's... Um, Lloyd, who is Amber David, like Little Miss's son, uh, who the adult version is played by uh, Bradley Whitford. Not, yeah, not which, the Aerosmith guitarist, the guy uh, from Get Out. Get Bradley Out, Bradley Get, Whitford. Yeah. Um, whoa, because you look at him in the 90s and he's kind of a, about. And yeah. it's not until late 2000s that you start to learn that he's a bit of a name yeah. and that yeah. he's been around for this long. Because he was just in some films at the time and then you start to realise, oh God, I've seen this guy my whole fucking life, man. He always plays, I know. I don't know if he's specifically in Liar Liar, but he feels like the opposing lawyer type yeah. in Liar Liar. No, exactly he always that. plays like a weaselly. Exactly. And then he does play a lawyer in this at one point, doesn't he? No, he's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. he's a lawyer yeah. in this film. Yeah. But the fact that from childhood, the kid's a dickhead, as an adult, you can tell he doesn't really like Andrew. No. And then after he has a kid who ultimately becomes Andrew's main love interest, when they first meet... They're not feeling each other. And he's yes. like, who is she? He's like, that's uh, Lloyd's daughter. No wonder she's so rude. Yeah, yeah. I laugh I like at that, that because I know Lloyd. And they've yeah. set, up, In this, set yeah, up. Strong yeah. characterization. And it's not a pop culture reference. It's not like, oh, do you know about this thing that happened? You're laughing on the basis of what the film has established and the world that it's established. And I think that's a massive... Um, positive that I have to give to this film. This film almost suffers from the hook thing where Peter Pan arrives too late to be with Wendy, so he just gets with the granddaughter. Yes. Yeah, that and part then this, it kind of does this. Does Robin Williams have a thing, have about, a thing written yeah. into his contract about I need to get with the granddaughter? He probably does, to be fair. He probably does. <laughs> you know what, guys? 
I love the fact that you guys are talking about this man in the present tense like he's still alive. Oh, he's still oh yeah. Here yes, for he us, does. He, he lives yeah. in my heart. He lives in your heart, no matter what they say, like Tarzan. Also, we did say you could shit on dead people. Not literally, of course, but we said this in the last episode. No, but about... you can literally. If you go to where they're buried and you take a shit, you have... <laughs> no, 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 no. No one takes a shit on Robin Williams' grave, man. Well, Fuck no, because he was, cre- he was cremated. Uh, there you go. Even more there you go. Even oh, more it's even harder. But, um, I, <laughs> That's I, what she said. <laughs> I, did, I, I, didn't, I didn't see the whole uh, love interest sort of angle coming up. That was actually quite a surprise No, I did. From, I, the, I, from the trailer, at least. Like. It makes perfect sense in the grand scheme of, in this film, a robot becomes Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. That's the gist of yeah. the movie. He gets a dick. Yes, he, he does. He falls in love and he dies. Even he better, has the yeah. full human experience. Yes. This is why I don't think I'd have dug this film as a kid. Because at the end, they had this really romantic, like the experience of dying and having lived a full life. If I'd seen that age six, I'd be like, I oh, what? It. So he turns into a human and he dies. What, what an idiot. Do you know what I mean? When you're a kid, you're like, why would you want to die? Stay so dumb. Man. Get a laser gun in your right arm and go, bah, bah, bah. But it's the conversations that they have in between. Like, they know all of this is coming up. They know that this is going to play a factor in them wanting to be together when they're, when they're older. And that's kind of why certain questions are presented. Like, oh, uh, your human mind. Oh, you're, you're not going to age. You're still going to stay the same. Whereas all of these other people are going to age and eventually die. So there's a yeah. Separation yeah, but I do with. like the fact that because when I saw the marketing and I knew that Ember Davids was a love interest, I was like, please don't have it where this guy's been in the same family for generations and he grows up with little Olivia to call her. Yeah, because it's name. really little that, miss. It's yeah. really sweet, though, that they couldn't do that in the sense where she's actually has grown up to love him because she's having second thoughts about her marriage. And he's yeah, like, yeah, exactly. The yeah. answer might they be looking in front the end, of anyway. you. Yeah. Um, in particular, you know, he starts off with the glass toy. And that's where we learn that's that... That's a beautiful sequence. He, yeah, he yes, learns, yes. He, yeah, we learn that he has a knack for carpentry. And empathy He's as Jesus, well. He's Jesus, basically. No, but he is. <laughs> he, he, he is Jesus Christ. I love that all robots are like artists. They're either carpenters or they're painters or they've got some sort of skill that they utilise in the movie. NS5, shitting on the little man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to quote but I this is This is yeah. why I, I wonder, like, all the anxiety around AI. Yeah, it could turn into Skynet but it could also very easily turn into shit like this because they base it on not just human experience but on nature mm, yeah. natural evil versus natural good yeah we can all get anxious about AI taking over and killing us all but that's only based on knowledge of real world evil mm. based on knowledge of real world good you will still get the odd robot that's like ah oh, but we could grow flowers well he's compassionate with a spider there that was go. the first yeah. little bit of really good show, don't tell, exposition And there's a lot reveal. of that in this film. Yeah, there's he takes yeah. the little spider whilst he's cleaning out his basement or his home. His home. But he has raves in at night whilst he's charging. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> no, I know it's that, where it's all fucking psychedelic eyes and shit. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if that was like Loki masturbation or if he just plugs himself in and trips balls. <laughs> I mean, I, I would Turn on that. your mind, relax and go down the street. I would do, do you know that I mean? if I was in his position. To it's be definitely fair. the latter. He is just tripping he's bollocks. Tripping balls. <laughs> he, I, I mentioned this to Alex and you know he's got his projector head right yeah yeah but he like 
shows the three laws of the robotics to like the Washington Post march at the beginning. That scene made me sick. <laughs> no, I think it literally made me nauseous. It was just so much of one. You're trying to read, even though you know the laws of robotics, you're trying to read what's going on and hearing about thinking, God, I really hope this is a good episode tonight, fellas, because if we weren't recording, I'd be throwing up for days. <laughs> he also um, uses it later on to show a memory to yes. Sam Neill. Of them which, dancing. Yeah. yeah. That was one of my favourite scenes, by the way. Likewise. It feels like this film could have taken a real t- different turn and it could have been like a murder mystery where Rear window. he is the only one with the footage in his head. And the other thing about his projector head that I also thought about later mm. in regards to him getting a prosthetic face and stuff is how fucked it would be if he pulled out his projector head with Robin Williams's real oh, face. Oh, that would have been weird. That Imagine been if weird. you're hanging out with this guy and just a lid comes off his forehead <laughs> and like, hey, do you want to watch Return of the Jedi? I'm like, yes, please. Yes, please. So that kind of gives me a bit of a segue into one of my biggest positives in that even though the start of this film is 2005 and it's an extreme version of the future, mm-hmm. when they're 15, 20 years in the future from then, so like nowadays, basically their vision of the early 20 or 2020 is actually not that far off. Apart from you've got some 90s futurism cars, but um, 3D oh, holograms. Costumes. There's a few costumes which made me roll but my eyes. Date. Where they're like Demolition Man costumes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's one the, in particular. The older daughter and her punk boyfriend. Yeah, punk yeah, boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> credited as motorcycle punk. I love that. I love he doesn't, that. The boyfriend credit. doesn't even have a name in the credits. His name is just motorcycle punk. You see, a good director would have made up a backstory for that because you need spin-offs nowadays. They should have called him Kyle. Kyle the biker or something. What do you know like about that? Kyle? I know Kyle. Brad. You know Kyle, From down the Road. I'll yeah. slide down. Yeah, I'm in. Nah, big man. He's a Brad. Carl is a Brad. <laughs> no, this guy's a Brad. He's a Brad. <laughs> he seems... He's got Brad vibes about him. Braddy. He seems more like, you know, Americans have those ridiculous names like Kelso or Jenko and shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. The one particular piece of fashion, there's two moments in the film, two instances where I went, well, you kind of botched it. Because otherwise, Sam Neill still wears a suit progressively right up until the moment he dies, he's dressed like someone would have done between the year 1940 and 2000. Yeah, they don't do Back to the Future 2 where everyone just turns up in bubbles and shit. The daughter's wearing like a yellow condom at the wedding. Can we talk about how much of a bell end that eldest daughter, the blonde one? Well, I think she's designed to be like that. There's another. Yeah, but what? There's, an there's awful another person. instance. <laughs> there is one. Sorry, before you get on to how awful, because we'll talk about the actual family a yeah, bit more. Yeah. But there's another instance of costumes where he goes to a ball. Oh, right. The the black tie suit, right? Yeah, and her dress is. Close enough to something you'd wear now. Oh, and he's got some 90s shit going on. Mm. Some like tassels or pointy bits to it that like yeah. are yeah. more reminiscent of Fifth Element than. I don't think they knew no, what they were doing it. with those. But nah. the, the suit that Robin Williams is wearing in that scene is like Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? He looks like thing. a 90s rapper. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Which I wouldn't put it past him. I reckon Robin Williams could spit bars. Oh, I bet he had bars, man. Well, he's too lit to quit. The shit's legit. He's on the toilet. When the woman comes, I spoils it. Telling me to go. Carry on, Stefan. I'm, I'm no, still no, 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 no. You were going I was there, enjoying man. that, but that yeah. sounded like a Robin Williams rap. Well, it's I'm mine. I'm almost 90% sure he does in something like Mrs. Doubtfire or something. There's a scene where he like raps to the Does kids. he rap in Goodwill Hunting? No, it's where he's doing the <laughs> No, he definitely doesn't. Okay. <laughs> he definitely fucking right. doesn't. No, one hour photo. 
That's oh, where he I haven't to, seen that. Have you not seen I remember it coming out because it was like, Robin Williams is serious? That is a creepy <gasps> film. It's a really good creepy movie. There's yeah. two films where he plays a total creep. Insomnia. Insomnia, yeah, right? Yeah. Mm. And this. Yeah. No, not this. Not my, yeah. Well, he is. <laughs> One hour he is that allows creep. me to segue. The family are how I would respond initially to having a robot around the house. He stands like just by the table. Yeah. He is fucking creepy as hell. He no, keeps he is. turning you have his all these head shots like where like he's just in the background watching them. <laughs> he does the then... sideways head tilt thing like and Ma Norman Bates it. might. Yeah, yeah, she notices it quite a few times. They're playing like, chess and he's almost like a pervert at the gym. <laughs> Like every time the girl's going to squat or lift a bit of weight, she's like, like oh. oh, she's looking, shit, turn my head. It's funny you brought up the mother because I actually got the vibe that there might have been some sexual tension between of the mother and Of course you did. Yes, of, of course, course I did. you did. Because I, I didn't. All, I all he's did. doing is being friendly and present and confident and she's all like shy around him. And drinking around him and like, oh, I don't, I don't know him, but he's just being nice to you. But do you know the part in the film where that kind of all seeped away from my head and I noticed, no, he's actually picking up human emotions is when there, I think um, Sam, Mar and Pa, Mar and Pa, Mar and Pa, you talk about Sir Superman and Ma'am. Ma'am. Sir and Ma'am, sorry. Yeah, Sir and Ma'am. Sir and Ma'am, let's get it right. They're out in the garden like, you know, sitting on their sunbeds like, kind of yeah. and he's, they're laughing, they're having human emotions, feelings, and he's there like, Taking it all in, and he's probably thinking in that moment, "Oh, this seems really this nice." This is what I'd They're like. enjoying themselves, this. and yeah. then, uh, like, uh, well, immediately afterwards, Sam Neill is like, "So humor." That's what yes. we were doing. Humor is a right, concept of yeah. making jokes. And you have the kind of what we now call the Borat moment where he's like... Yeah, the not, bo- not, I literally what? wrote in my notes Borat, Borat yeah. moment. <laughs> like, where he's trying to teach him a knock-knock joke. I was just hoping it'd be like, for example, Andrew, my suit is blue, not... <laughs> this suit is black, not... <laughs> and then he'd have, this suit is... Blue, not... I don't get that. It's bad grammar, you know? And then the follow-up to that is, I mean, they've worked together before in Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm. Do you remember the job centre scene in Mrs. Doubtfire where mm. it literally is like they let Robin Williams riff yeah. for five minutes right. and then at the end she's like, Mr. Hillard, do you consider yourself humorous? I used to. There was a time where I considered myself funny, but today you proved me wrong. That's <laughs> yeah. They basically get another version of that when it's used to demonstrate his grasp of humour. Where he and rattles off the jokes to the kids. Yeah, mate, if you've ever seen Robert Williams stand off, is stand off. Stand off. Stand down. Have a stand off. Stand off. Um, literally, it's just pure Robert Williams jokes. Bam, 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 bam. You're like, yeah, that's not scripted, mate. You, you just gave say, me the yeah. mental image of three Robin Williams in a room pointing guns at each other. Oh, yeah, that would be Do the Family Guy episode where Peter imagines, or like he has the Midas touch, but he turns people into Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And then they all chase him off a cliff and he commits suicide. <laughs> and then he realises he can't die, so he cuts his hands off. This is what that. you're describing, is it not? I, I don't remember this bit, but I feel like we should refrain from the term suicide. For What's the wrong with suicide, man? Well, Suicide's a good time. In this context, what you not done Robin it before? Williams suicide. Oh Jesus! I, no, I really thought he was no, making a joke. No, 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 no. I was, I was, I completely forgot about something yeah. I witnessed ten years ago. And uh, mm. technically, God, I'm Andrew commits suicide at the end. Well, he decides to die. It's yeah. euthanasia, right? Euthanasia? He kind of euthanizes himself. No, yeah. Well, Ember Davids is the one that asks. Yeah, the like, nurse can you fully goes along Please with pull the plug. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I wrote on my notes, right, is <laughs> at the end, I literally wrote, what was it? I'd rather die a man 
Andrew dies and becomes human. Nurse kills Portia. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally how it ends. <laughs> who is the nurse? Who is, who is the nurse? Who, who is the oh, nurse? she's a familiar face. No, as in the character, because oh, yes. at some point during the film, mm. he is looking all over the world for other robots that are from his generation. Do you think that's Galatea? No, it is Galatea. Oh, wait. I, I got no, it is. When she's dying, she says, Galatea, please. That is Ga the, the nurse no. is Galatea. I did not pick that up. That is Gal no, she actually calls her by names. Like, please, Galatea. Oh, damn. Yeah, no, straight up. <laughs> no, for me, that was like the big, because... There are some really, there are some jokes you wouldn't attempt with Galatea, the female robot now, mm. and that Oliver Platt has I totally think he's ex her. She's a sex robot. I totally yeah. get the vibe where he's like, let her have her personality back. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she's got a personality yeah. chip. Yeah, but there's a care there as well. Because when there's that sequence, um, I forget the line specifically that uh, Andrew says, but he goes off of camera. The drill. He's like, can I have yeah, a driver? Yeah, yeah, yeah and, like, got the... and then he runs off to like, you know. That like, is no, 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 one no, no, of no. the funniest scenes I've seen in the film. Galatea yeah. is jarring as Fuck. Yeah, she's a dreadful. But she's basically that's what I'm saying. She's a sex robot. She's a bimbo. That's she, how she's been she designed dances, to be. She puts on a little tune and does a weird hip wiggle. Exactly. Yeah. I hated Galatea. No, but that's why her arc at the end. By the end of it, her. that's why like you just see this nurse who's very caring and very doting and very. But human. I love that. And then no, exactly I the same. That. It's like after you've just been driven to death by her irritating nature. Yeah. The fact that she is the one that when they finally choose to commit the ultimate human act of dying she's Galatea is the what like that it's such a sense. subtle character yeah, I like that. really done well that's good that's good yeah because yeah. Galatea otherwise god I, I I got the feeling when they first introduced her I thought is Andrew gonna bang Galatea that's what I thought as no well. because she's so hypersexualized. she's so kind of like <laughs> unless you do something edgy with her or just make her the butt of a joke that's why I'm saying like nowadays you wouldn't have what is essentially a robo bimbo in a movie Robinbo. 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 Well, no, they yeah, be intelligent. Because Ex they? Machina's kind of gone, right, evil creator man makes robots so he can sexually abuse them. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, there was a part of me with Oliver Platt thinking, you dirty dog. No, exactly. No, but exactly that. <laughs> like, you exactly. Are, he he would, but Andrew, Andrew wouldn't. I think no, Andrew's probably Andrew's annoyed too, by her. Andrew's too good. You know that word you used last week, Alex? Clandestine. Yes. This is when you should be using clandestine. Oh, he's a clandestine Andrew robot. Andrew is pretty clandestine. There we Until go, he gets yeah. his penis and he needs to sleep with Ember Davids, he's pretty clandestine. Yeah, the more he becomes a human, the more he becomes sassy. Because he is insulting the shit mm. out of Portia's few potential husband. And well, you've with done the crimson same, chin and everything. Yeah. <laughs> crimson chin. Like his chin, can opener. His, can opener. His yeah, chin yeah. could sink the Titanic is the line that yes. he said. Yeah. Amazing line. But he's also been like that with the characters that he cares about. Even with Portia as well. He's saying like, he's saying like, oh, don't, don't tell me that you don't have feelings for me. Don't tell me that you don't yeah, love me. Because more, I know this. He's a bit of a homewrecker, Andrew. No, he the is. The more human he becomes, the more he's like, right, I'm going to sabotage a future marriage. 100%. To get what I want. Yeah. That seed in the church was actually a bit close to home for me, except... Oh, really? They no, have but, you meant, meant, uh, led many women who are about to get married astray in churches? No, they didn't get married, thankfully. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> we were just hanging out. Plan. <laughs> Back in the day, I just used to hang out in churches with chicks just because it was something to do. Churches and chicks. I churches like that, and man. chicks, man. You know, well, that was the words. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Toby and the nuns. I don't know what I don't know what Please a nun talk is. To me. <laughs> well, they're religiously obligated to do so. <laughs> exactly. So you can understand, yeah. Exactly. Why they I would go there. You. No. No, true. Oh, brutal. Uh, one thing that makes me laugh is Andrew becomes the richest fucking human being on earth because he doesn't need food. And also a medical pioneer. Yeah, it, well, he becomes big farmer. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Glasgow true. Smith Klein. Yeah, yeah he, is, he is Glaxo Smith Klein. Is it Glasgow or Glaxo? Glaxo. I need to change that Glaxo. name. Back. Glasgow Gla- sounds Glax- better. Glaxo Smith Klein. Yeah, Glaxo. Yeah. I've never said, tried to break it up, so I just say it quickly all at once. You just remember that seems GSK, to work. Yeah. GSK, there you go. Easy enough. Andrew has a bank account. He does. He gets it from Sam Neill's Jewish lawyer. What's that actor's His name? Name's because Fine he's gold. in. No, you know that actor. The he's actor. in uh, Community. It's in uh, John, John Michael Higgins. Yeah, John Michael Higgins. John Michael he did so many comedies from the 2000s. Which, which I've never I'm seen him so young. Famously, like, remember him. One of his best performances is. Uh, the Christopher Guest film uh, Best in Show. Oh, was he our in that? Friend, uh, our friends Callum and Eden, shout out, have been telling us to watch that film for decades. Yeah, yeah. Best in Show is a mockumentary film before. Mockumentary. You can yeah. see The Office has literally been completely lifted off the back of it because mm. it's about a Crufts com- competition yeah. with loads of weirdos yeah. and they're like subplots going on and they're interviews. And in that, he plays part of a gay couple. Yes, oh, yeah, with yeah, their no, dog, no, yeah. and they're so bitchy, and it's hilarious. Like, yeah, they're they're too. The mm-hmm. other one that's great in it is um, Stifler's mum. Oh, so Jennifer Coolidge. Mom's in it. Yeah, oh. Jennifer Coolidge is married to like an old man on life support. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> because because she's got big tits and she's blonde. And <laughs> Should she's we do like, an episode on this? Yeah, I'll I'll best in show. I'd be down for that. We could do yeah, best so. in show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, his Jewish lawyer. Bill Feingold. That's a hell of a name, man. No, but there is a scene where you... Feingold. You hear, they actually say, so you and Mr. Feingold, I'm like, yeah, okay, Jewish lawyer. Yeah, break it off do you know what I mean? Well. I was like, wow, that's... Uh, that's something, isn't it? That's, that's very of its He style. should have been in more scenes, man. Actually, he didn't do much, but I felt like it's always nice to see, see that. No, screen, he did you know? the three moments that he needed, which was, you know, the moment where he got a bank account and then there was some other moment that I don't I don't think we really care much about. I'd like to what talk about... What moment was it? How do you know I don't care about it? Because I don't remember it. And, and you would have if you yeah. cared. That, that's true. That's so true. in response to that, that. But one thing I think we really need to talk about, which is, you know, one of my favourite parts of the film... Sure. Is Sam Neill's paternal relationship to Andrew? Yes. Now I noticed this thinking about it later on mm. that he has two daughters and never had a son. Yeah. Right. Okay. And the yeah. way he takes Andrew in, you know, they go take him to have himself reprogrammed or fixed because initially he's like, he's truly unique, and the guy's like, ah, oh, you know, no, we need to bring him back in. The idea of this. They fear Robot. the unknown. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you think of that, so that's the scene where they're standing together, looking, talking to the older, the head of the CEO of that company. Yeah. Do you think that at that moment he kind of... Skynetted. Not quite skynetted, but like he sees, he remembers being in this position as like an 18, 19 year old trying to get his first job and going up and the CEO or whatever telling you, nah, man, you're not what you're capable, what you know you're capable of. Nah, no, nah, you can't. 
Um, because the way he goes from treating Andrew like a household appliance, making the point... Well, he literally calls him that. Exactly. To really championing him, but it's slowly. And it's funny you mentioned the um, father-son thing, because even the conflicts that they have when Andrew decides that he wants to be quote-unquote free... Free, yeah. Um, he feels kind of personally betrayed. It's like... But that, but you know what? Following on from that, that comes later on in the film, and it makes a lot of sense because obviously by that point, uh, Sam Nilsa's character is a lot older. He feels like Andrew's going to be with the family for much longer than than, than he is. Also, so do you notice the uh, the mum isn't in the late? I actually thought she might have died because they shot her like drinking a bit, and then it's only when he's dying when and he's, he's dying on the deathbed that you see there, her yeah. again. Yeah, they may have split. He may be proper lonely old man, and then. The closest thing he has to his son is like, yeah, I'd like to, to reconcile go. with Andrew though before I go. Exactly. That was, yeah. a, that was a lovely moment as well, man. I wrote this joke, colon, parallels with the black people in the Americas. Oh my God, step back! <laughs> Jesus. Like, right, Alex. He's Alex. Viewed, as more than, viewed more than just. Let him finish. Let him finish. Like, <laughs> he's viewed more than just a slave by him but eventually he actually wants his full-on freedom which is you've had the civil war but black people of america were then put into jobs like the help and so on mm. and it's then later on through that experience that they then want more and to actually be in the same opportunities and positions as white people in america I feel like we need to give because... Stefan an Ebo name at some point. because I know because this is one of the first things I picked up on. Yeah. Not just in terms of when he grows up, but how they set up the foundation. Andrew feels like a black kid adopted by a white family in Mississippi. Yes. But, but do you... I totally got... Do you know what I mean? They really, and it's very subtly done. No, no, no. You know what makes now it... Now even... it'd be done with like a bludgeon over the head. Yeah. But yeah, what yeah. makes it more apparent even back then is they're also rich. Like Rich white man rich adopting family, black son. You know, yeah, bro. Do you think uh, Asimov, though, like judging from iRobot, which is taken from the book, book iRobot which is a collection of stories yeah. the idea that the positronic brain that they are more than a household appliance more than just property. our tools and property, property. Yeah. yeah do you think that Asimov was actually because the whole idea with iRobot is that Will Smith is racist to robots mm. well the word robot apparently if you believe that film The World's End comes from the Latin word for slave right I mean, that's what they say in the pub in the world's end. I never looked at so it. Up, so there, the there, there must have been a tie. In <laughs> that robot, sure. yeah, it's also, a subservient kind of C three PO. How may I serve you? Further yeah. support the um, the black people's uh, experience in America. He buys his own freedom, which a lot of slaves yes. did. Yeah, he gives true. them the check. That's true. So that's true. I don't know. I just got that thing while I was sitting there. I know I wrote joke like there because I no, knew it's I not. No, but bro, that was going to go one or two ways. Um, I was going to make that joke, actually. I, so I, you beat me to it, but also you did it better, and you're white. So, like, fair, <laughs> yeah, fair play, Steph, bro. Stefan's white. Boy, he's knows. pretty white, Just, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Savior Stefan. I didn't say, I didn't say you fucking <laughs> saved anybody, bro. I didn't say you saved anyone. No, I was deliberately uh, making myself an enemy again. I bet you Enemy were. of the state, man. <laughs> enemy of the pod. Transitions are a thing in this film that really annoyed me. What, the, the one piano on the piano is fantastic, yeah. and then the film gets really lazy and just starts writing years on the screen. No, I noticed that. It starts doing... 
12 years later, many years, years later, later. Yeah. this is that, yeah. I, I, I didn't like that. I didn't no, like that. Considering they really. did something really creative with the piano with the pi- moment, yeah. to then go and lean on just putting a word up. Because even that moment, that transition, when you're looking at um, Little Miss as an adult mm. and her sister, you're trying to piece together exactly how many years have passed. But you know what? It shocked me, dude, because I was saying this to Stefan earlier. I didn't... I, had, I hadn't watched the trailer before I started this film, so I didn't know that it would be spanning over the course of however many years. So, I remember seeing well, that as a the kid. the title yeah, is... Bicentennial. Yeah, that's... No, but even the clips I saw as a kid, I remember seeing some bits where he was a robot and some bits where it was Robin yeah, Williams. Yeah, so yeah, I, I got that. I, I was completely yeah, empty okay. from all of that. So when they have the p- piano transition and you see her older, I'm like... Oh, oh, wow, okay, I appreciate how well that was done. But then obviously later on when they ha- keep having the frequent time skips, I don't know. It, 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 that's why I say firmly that I feel like this movie is, is separated into two kind of parts. Yeah. It does become less nuanced mm. the further it goes on. Um, and that's not, for me, a criticism necessarily. But when um, they're focusing on the family and the generational aspect with this robot that becomes a person, yeah. that's when it's a lot more um, human and a lot more, um, as in the development that you see in the plot is through character and dialogue. Right. When Andrew goes out into the world and starts finding... He has his um, Forrest be- Gump moment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the film then becomes more episodic. So yes, his character development is based on experience, based on... Um, individual perspective he's also the last of his kind thing yeah because he goes and finds the rest oh and there's a beautiful moment where he um you know when he goes to the baseball pitch yeah yeah, yeah, and he sees the guy like he's like (laughs) oh you're like me and he's like get off the field and it does this very subtle way of being like this guy's dead to me and that he reprogrammed this guy's deceased it's basically like, yeah, that guy's a cunt. See, I'm going to bring up a Star Wars reference, like, each on that. It's like, oh, whoa, I see. <laughs> then after he's done his long walk around the world, which I find actually is basically the crux of him learning his own humanity. That's when he goes off to the Fortress of Solitude to be with Jarrell for 12 years. You know that point? If in you the want to put it like well. that, then yeah. Well, I did, motherfucker. There's a Superman film coming Jesus. out next year. All right. I was, I was not arguing <laughs> was with agreeing. you. Were you supporting agreeing. me? Yes. God, I'm sorry. Dude, what happened to you? You chose violence this morning, didn't he did, you? He did, he uh, did. He meets robot maker Oliver Platt, who we've talked about previously, but ultimately becomes the closest thing to a friend. Yes. That Andrew has. Yeah. He reminded me of the blind guy in Bride of Frankenstein. I know it's a very old reference, but Bride of Frankenstein, where he walks into this blind guy's hut and he doesn't know that it's Boris Karloff Frankenstein. So he like gives him a drink, gives him cigarettes and everything. And it's like, oh God, this is like human connection mm. kind and, of and thing. And he genuinely yeah. wants to help Andrew along his journey as and well. And Andrew wants to help him. Yeah. Because... Yeah. In this time, he's amassed billions mm. from making clocks, which mm. I find quite funny. As you do. Because the clock industry is really doing well at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, I've I seen mean, a few clocks made, this year. If he made some Swiss wristwatches. Oh, man, he'd be a billion. Yeah, which maybe he did. <laughs> you know, he's a, ma- he's a jack of all trades, but a master of all. Yeah. Um, there is the most annoying line, I'm, I noted this down, where Galatea goes... Let's go. Let's get loco, Robo. 
Oh. It was oh. 1999. This is the same year as oh. Living La Vida Loca. It was just in the zeitgeist. It was the zeitgeist. I feel like I toned myself. Fire a gun in my ears. I toned myself out during this part, I think. Galatea is jarring to that's begin why, with. That's why her arc for me was so... Because I kept wondering, like, yeah, she's literally like a, a robo-sex bimbo. Yeah. You wouldn't do that today. But that's why I really feel that her arc by the end of it is like, okay, you were doing something with that character. And when you need the emotional gut punch... It's there. Yeah. It goes to that where he starts developing himself a body, right? Andrew's like, I want to look like a human now. Mm. So him and Oliver Platt start designing their, you know, synthetic skin we'll thing. We'll take 20 years off, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then we'll add that it's in the imperfections which make... The realism, yeah? And then he's like, my nose What a nose nice is a bit. little bit of poetry It's a nice way to put it. It was a nice way to put it. And then you have a joke following back where he's like, yeah, your head is pretty fucking big, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, he like, says, hey. huge, but a lovely head. It's a nice head. I, I, I couldn't help <laughs> it. He's dissing him, but complimenting him at the same time. The yeah. immature side of me in my notes, though, is that he says that, and the first thing I started to think was, will Andrew eventually get a dick? Is what I wrote next. I was really waiting for how they were <laughs> like, going to do that. Because then they, they're making his face. I went, wait, they're going to give him a willy? Yeah. yeah. Why not? Why and not? they do that line Which is quite the best well. part of the script. You can become a man. <laughs> a full like, man. And he just kind of gets so excited, Andrew. And he Andrew's goes like a... After that. It's like a... 14-year-old that's touched his first boob. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> He's like, wow, this is amazing. But this is why I think we've had the conversation before about whether or not this film should have lent into the um, 15 or R-rated rating, mm. if not for um, box office profitability, because it's still a PG. Do you think it could have fallen into a Farrelly Brothers, though, comedy? Yeah, yeah. No, exactly that. Something about Mary, liar, liar. Kingpin. King, yeah. Which I watched the other night, recommend. Yeah, Loudermilk, one of the really Farrelly funny. Brothers. I, do, I don't think that, yeah. I would have... I don't think I would have resonated with it as much oh no absolutely not that. it would have destroyed it would have yeah. become a sex robot comedy yeah that's, that's not it. what I want so I think that part of the nuance in the script comes from the fact that they are being clever in how they work around certain conversations like the Sam Neill birds and the bees conversation which yeah, they don't use great. that term yeah. but you know it's about that that is a good um, bit and it also and I don't know if this is just because I am a robot myself but it does draw the point home about how when you deep it, like sex is weird. Well, thrusting together until you make a baby. You just get in a room together. No, oh, is you, that what we do? Procreate. Even, even if you don't need to procreate. <laughs> I've apparently been doing it completely so, so, wrong. So same, I think I've been doing it No, but even, <laughs> even if you try to have a good time, you and at least one other person go into a room for a few hours, you forget about the rest of the world, and you just thrust your pelvis at each other until like you feel even better. That's a bit fucking weird, man, when you deep it. <laughs> Andrew you could gets, be doing other things. Andrew gets so hung up about the fact that only one of the sperm lives yeah. as well. He's like, and they die? Like, he's terrified of it. That so I so found that moment, film. no, I found that quite empowering because as shit as I was feeling hungover watching that, I thought, yeah, Toby, you were that sperm. But guys, what... You yeah, were the Luke Skywalker of sperm. We're all here. We all made it at the end of the day. Ah, so, hey, well, you know. the funny thing that you've made me just think about, Toby, is uh, previously in an episode, or maybe a couple, I don't know, you've been trying to push the motive, uh, narrative, sorry, yeah. that I am some sort of junkie uh -oh. drug addict, right? Uh -oh. You no. have now, in four different episodes, stated that you have watched a film hungover or... <laughs> 
whilst you're drunk, repeatedly. So right back at you, you well, big piss But it takes one to know what. <laughs> Boom, Stefan no, got his bro. own back. This is a safe Claw. space. Mic drop. This is a if safe space. If I dropped the mic, that would inconvenience should, us you, massively. Yeah. You know that the mic that Alex Turner dropped to the Brit Awards 10 years ago went on sale for half a million pounds? I thought you were going to say it the, the one that Alex McQueen Is it worth more than Alex Turner? <laughs> no, I just... I won't lie, fellas. I just made that up because I felt insecure. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> That was brilliant. Um, the hospital where... Right, they, they also... I think this should be mentioned. Embeth Davids yeah. plays both the granddaughter and Little Miss. Portia yeah. and Little Miss. Yeah. Which I kind of wasn't against. I mean, I can show There you are people that resemble my their mom grandparents and, my sister and stuff. looked very similar when they were about 10, 11 years old. Like, you see black and white photos of my mom from 1974, and it looks like my sister you when You can't she tell 10. the difference yeah. between me and my I dad. Didn't, I, didn't mind really? it. Yeah. I didn't mind it much because there were also distinct differences. Like, uh, Portia has, like, straightened hair as the granddaughter, whereas before, curly. Little Miss yeah, has yeah, curly, yeah. like, you know. So there's significant Also, the idea of darkening the hair, because that also yeah. changed is the way your face is framed. Yeah. yeah. You know, like uh, how light catches. So she does look different enough. Yeah. And the shot reverse shot technique of having them both in the same room. That, that was, was cool. Really well that done. was cool. I didn't feel like, oh, this actor's gone, shot all these scenes in one makeup and then gone and done it in the other. Yeah, it wasn't jarring and it didn't take you out of it. It felt seamless. No, like seamless. if you watch like the original Parent Trap movie from the 60s and you can see both versions of Hayley Mills and you can just about see a split between yeah. them. Yeah. This yeah. is definitely Lindsay Lohan Parent Trap where it took you until your eighth birthday before you realised that Lindsay Lohan wasn't two people. No. You know <laughs> no, what I mean? That one's really well done. And it's the hospital scene where they do it where it could be at its worst. The hospital reminds me of the prison from Andor. Is that so, the whole white, the, 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 yes. when it's all white and futuristic? So that's, that's the Norman Reynolds thing. Norman right. Reynolds was, he was under John Barry doing Star Wars, but Empire Strikes Back, uh, Raiders onwards. Um, he designed Cloud City. He designed um, mm. most of the, well, the second two films in the original trilogy. So that hospital is very Cloud City, Norman Reynolds. Even the doors so, as well. Exactly. When they open. So very... the Andor thing that you're picking up on is because they're looking back to Boss Man, rest in peace. Right. Um, so as soon as I started seeing that, I'm like, yeah, Norman Reynolds definitely did the fucking yeah. production design. This nice I think touch. From what I can see, that's his most recent credit because um, I can't think of many 90s films that he did. Like, once the Lucas Spielberg machine kind of not dried Fizzled up, out. Yeah. Um, Last Crusade, I can't think of anything else he did after that apart from this. So this might be, like, a last hurrah. Like a Ken Adams style. And yeah. it's literally the end of the yeah. 90s as well. So that's, that's quite... That's right quite at the end. This film actually came out January 2000 over here. So it's literally a millennium oh, film. Do you think this film also manages to avoid the downsizing issue where the film downsizing starts with this interesting premise of people getting smaller? The Matt and Damon then, one. Yeah. And I've then, never seen it. but Then yeah. just turns into a generic rom-com. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, because this, I was worried when they start having Andrew and Portia dance. I was a little bit like, hmm. Are we going to lose the grip on the concept here? Yeah. Yeah. When Andrew finally gets the nervous system and a penis, he kind of almost becomes. <laughs> yeah, you have to say he gets the penis. The nervous system, but the penis as well. <laughs> the penis I think too. it's an integral part of his human experience. Well, it's your second penis. brain, and, isn't and, it? And, and he gets it at the end. It's so. like, he, he gets it's like, it. Yeah. It's like having two guns. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> There's one you shoot with and one you walk around with. Oh. <laughs> but um, I noticed in that moment where he first arrives to Porsche and uh, then I, would, I, I was like, why have I never thought of this? Where he's like, kiss me, it's for the sake of science. <laughs> 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 you know, we will benefit the earth if you just kiss me. No, he's Andrew Suave, Andrew Suave in this film. But he, he turns is. into Cocaine Williams. Cocaine? What the energy Robin comes out Williams, the uh, Robin Williams on not Robbie Williams. Well, they both did cocaine, uh, but Robin Williams on cocaine. Oh my god, I feel so alive! Oh, you know, like I'm surprised he didn't do a cartwheel or something Shit, during yeah. the sequence. Or like, you know? uh, you ever seen the front cover of the film Jumping Jack Flash with uh, Whoopi with Goldberg, Goldberg doing? <laughs> yes, doing yeah. like the air splits. <laughs> I was thinking they could do that. That's a classic. That's a I classic. still have uh, Keith Richards and Aretha Franklin's version of that song for that film in my head. Oh. Mm. You see that noise you just made, Alex? Imagine yeah. your entire body, every pore in your body making that noise. Yeah, I can. Yeah. It's doing it now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Don't I, watch it. I've kind of jumped the gun here a little bit. Mother Superior. Because Oliver Platt not only uh, gives him a dick, but in the scene he kind of offers him a beer, then says, do you want a dick? And then says, you can finally experience an orgasm. That is the most bro thing anyone could do for you. That's how you Here's know your friends are. Do you want a dick? Yeah, man, I'll get you one. That's manly, man. That's manly. But this also means Oliver Platt somewhere in his lab has been like, so I've been making dicks. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, when Galatea goes to bed, right, I just mold penises <laughs> and put, like, electronics in them. I mean, that's a pretty solid mold over Galatea's um, pelvis, so he probably just takes that off. And then does what he well, has. Well, tests and the it. robot dicks on. No, not Galatea. the robot dicks. His own penis. Oh my You're making God. Oliver Platt feel evil now. Well, get Mate, him. he's this dude living on his own in a fucking house with a sex robot. So he's a sex fiend. He is essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He can be. Yeah. Give yeah. him. Right, well, give him that. You never been on the internet. Who me? You. Because <laughs> Porsche's younger than Oliver Platt, which would make sense that when both Porsche and um, Andrew die at the end. Galatea would have finally been made into a human because Oliver Platt's no I'll longer around. Flesh. Yeah. Right. Because they do have uh, an aged up Oliver Platt. Yes. Who, yeah, when he's got like white hair. Which again, fingers. his friend is the one that basically gives him the, the life serum. Like goes, mm. right, aging. Yeah. Officially. Yeah. There is a bit of a Lieutenant Dan dynamic. You brought a Forrest Gump in the past. There is a bit mm. of a Forrest Gump, Lieutenant Dan dynamic going between... Um, Oliver Platt. Yeah. You know, that friend that keeps coming back. I mean, there's not as much friction, mm. but that friend that, like, you've helped him as much as he's helped you. Yeah, and they don't really have... There's no scenes of really animosity. I like the part where... Um, the only Basically, conflict they have is about Galatea. That's yeah, yeah. That's that's literally the only aspect. But even later on, when he realizes um, he needs to go to Porsche when they're at the wedding rehearsal, or so on and so forth, yeah, and they're going in bro. between the pillars. It's very like Laurel and Hardy sort of, yes. bitch, isn't it? You yeah. know? they are like a comic duo. Yeah, 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 But they do have that as well when there's the actual reconstruction of the body and so on. They have those mm. kind of little moments of banter. Yeah. Um, Andrew fucks Portia. Yay, super dick abilities. And they hold hands in bed the next day, which Aww. is really romantic. And have breakfast. And then I didn't see them have breakfast. Andrew is the only man that can fart after sex, and it's okay. Yes, I love that. 
Uh, yeah, I won't comment on that. Wait, have you fired off the sex? Uh, not after. <laughs> can I tell you what? Can I tell you something I have done? Uh oh. I've had sex with someone, and then in the night, I've been like pretending to be asleep, and I've needed a fart, and I farted. And then she's like next to me, slapped my shoulder. Because like, <laughs> I thought I'll just play it off as I'm sleeping, you know? Like, because yeah. you can fart in your sleep, right? Yeah, everyone you can fart, you can talk. Um, uh, yeah, I talk in my sleep. I fart in my sleep. I'm sorry. It, it didn't. It didn't mean to. Babe. I thought you were gonna say she slapped your ass or something. No. Why would you want to put your ass your, your, in a, in your hand near an ass after the crime has been committed? It's funny. Mine was was during. Andrew, you farted during sex. Yeah, it he queefed. <laughs> no, it was not a queef. You queefed because uh, Toby can relate to early Andrew because neither of them have a dick. Oh, da, da, I don't know why I actually. You had to check. I had to remind just, myself that I had an actual penis. Here. It's moments like these where I'm glad we don't record these episodes <laughs> on video. It's moments like that. Yeah, and you said he has breakfast the next morning with her. Yeah. And, you know, he can eat and he starts to decide, you know, that's when he actually decides he wants to be a human. Yeah, yeah, that was a Because he's point. basically experienced all the joys of being a human. He now mm. wants to be a human in, like, in paper. And I think that's Legally. one of the bigger successes of this film in that they present it to him as not just like, oh, you get to feel it's one of the things like, no, pain. And the nuances in pain things that you'll get obsessed about, but not really, do you know what I mean? Think, feelings that will confuse you. Um, Oliver Platt really drills that into him. It's like, just so you know, before you sign up to this, this is what being a human is like. And you know what? I really mm. like that Portia supports him throughout all of this. She's a very supporting She also sacrifices you know? something really big that I don't what, think... What, her marriage? No, 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 something else. She sacrifices having children to yeah. be with Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, she loves him. yeah. Yeah. And that is Although massive because with women it's a biological clock game. But that far in the future, and I'm sure is, you could. That's true. No, no, no. I mean, you if you want to fill that in, but if you just look at it from the pure sense of what she's willing what to give we up. We as for... humans actually know because I yeah. know he becomes big farmer and starts making like prosthetic organs and so on, yeah. which he basically gives to the Galactic Senate because that's what I when I saw the court hearing. I literally just thought of Starfleet Command. Literally. Or the Galactic. Star Trek shit, yeah, I thought yeah, of Starship yeah. Troopers. I don't know why. Yeah. Like them yeah, being in a so meeting. Like, like, who is that? Can we just acknowledge who that is? The uh, black lady that's the leader of the Senate. No, because you have the old man first who denies the him. The old man first. And then Who's when got it's all a coming. Prosthetic kidney. Kidney, yeah. Because yeah. he even says to him, he's like, well, you're artificial. You've got one of my kidneys. Exactly. Yeah. Where have I seen that guy before? Have you guys seen him before? I've seen him before. I've seen him in something. I, I can't for the life of me think of where yeah. or who he is. But you know where you've seen Missy before? The Warriors, the radio DJ. Oh, the, the, the leader of yeah. the Senate at the oh, end of the That's her, the close-up on the mouth. And she's also the voice of the moon and bearing the big blue house. Oh. So I was listening to that and be like, lady, you too wholesome to be doing this Also, shit. we've got almost a bit of a fascist government because one person decides... And they're all dressed the same. Yeah, they don't take it to like, the says, jury as or a court. We have decided. It's like, no, mate. Yeah, you as though. a person has sat there and decided it. Yeah. yeah, and it's based on the fact that he is immortal. That's the main reason why. And then we get an awful many years later. Ugh. 
Right. And it doesn't establish that it's many. At this point, we've had 12, 16. Yeah. And she's playing a rigged game of chess because we all know Andrew at this point is basically a Russian chess player. Was that a sexual <laughs> metaphor? There was this whole checkmate bit where they were like, ooh, checkmate. No, it's the fact that he can program to learn all the moves to beat everyone so at So he chess. can never lose. He's like, basically like Anya Taylor-Joy in Queen's Gambit. <laughs> <Queen's Gambit. laughs> right. Or so chess.com. You ever played against chess.com? The AI. It's a bastard playing against the robot computer yeah. chess thing. Have you ever, I got given a chessboard game as a kid mm. with a built-in like robot in it. Robot Bobby Fisher. And it pissed me off. It's it, Andrew. It's, it's in Andrew. my head. So yeah. they're playing a game of rigged chess and yeah, horny Andrew likes them mature because he's like, you're 70, but you don't look a day over 50. <laughs> he's like, mm. I've used that He's suave, And he even mentions his DNA elixirs. She's like, I'll eventually stop drinking my DNA elixirs. Because she's like, naturally, I do have to die. And that's what Sam Neill drives home about the idea of his daughters leaving. Yeah. yeah. Is that the human experience is not forever. And everything must end. And it's the natural conclusion and that's something a child seeing this film would never understand no, because no, no. from a young age to about usually even like into your 20s, the idea of dying is terrible and terrifying. Or even just the fox and the hound when you're a kid, you know, have a friend. We'll always be friends forever when you're five. Ten years from then, 20 Agreed. years. You don't know But do you know fucking... why that, that example that you just made is um, you can kind of grasp that a bit better than something like Bicentennial Man, mm. for example. It's because it's used in animation. It's used with, you know... Um, Boo, and and color and Boo and Sully. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So Boo you, and Sully. You can kind of relate Kitty to that. has to go now. As, yeah. as yeah. a cartoon, whereas with Bi um, Bicentennial Man, it's... It's done under the guise of like a sci-fi as well. Like Yeah, I know. feel like the thing which detracts it though from the friends thing, which a child can understand, is it's the idea of going on holiday and you make that friend for two weeks. Which and I then you never do. see them again. We've all done it. And that's far more that's far easier to put into a piece of media for children to grasp on. But the idea of accepting and having lived a life mm. is so alien to a child that watching this, I'd say uh, any age above, I'd say ideally over 25 even, yeah, that you won't understand that you've lived, it has to end. And I think that's by the age of 25, you've experienced loss. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. which you've... is a big part of this film. Yeah. And yeah. he's dealing with, I mean, that's one of the triggers that uh, gets well, he says, him to I've put the... Um... all my friends die, Exactly, he? now he wants a tear gland because he's like, I, I need to show this because I can't just be... Yeah, he sees the emotion on mm. other characters. Yeah. I'll just be stoic the whole fucking up, so. time. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um, and then he does, yeah, he chooses to age and he wants to become mortal. And yeah, he's got that thing where, yeah, everyone around me is dying and will die, and I'm now going to lose the woman that I've loved the most. You think you'd have dug that at five years old? Fuck no. Do you know what I mean? It's like philosophy, deep, mm. heavy philosophy here, which I think is probably more in keeping with Asimov's work. Yes. No, definitely. Especially the, the positronic way... brain thing is that the idea that you, a robot will eventually develop an experience of life yeah, mm. and yeah. an understanding and characteristics. And Andrew is truer to Asimov's writing than 
any other piece of work could more be. More so than, definitely a lot so than Sunny, Sunny and iRobot. Well, iRobot yeah. yeah. is well, that's just an action, action movie. Film, yeah, 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 yeah. Which so. masquerades on the fact that it's based on mm. a piece of serious sci-fi literature, whereas it's not. But this, Bicentennial Man, is a really good work of science fiction. It's written really well. well. No, the script is... The I, script is I'll make the really same well. joke that I made about the holdovers in that the script is so fire that I've been sparking joints off it for days. I, that's the first time I've you heard you make that joke, but you should make that more often. I will uh, do it again. <laughs> I like it again. You should make that more often. I also wrote just here, just to, to make it funny again, Portia looks like Dr. Zaius from Planet of the Apes at the end. <laughs> when they make up to rap, she's there. Oh, she right. looks like what, Dr. Is it the haircut? <laughs> it's the haircut and the fact that they've kind of applied it like those cheek smile creases to her. You see, yeah. for me... And she kind of looks like Dr. Zayas. For me, like, Dr. Zayas is the jacket. I feel like for me, Dr. Zayas' jacket is like up there with Christian Dior and Yves Trust me, yeah. Dr. Zayas for me is not the hair, it's not the mouth, it's the jacket. It's, it's overdeveloped makeup on the mouth and thinning hair which comes in around the forehead, like before the forehead, mm. okay. poking out. I, yeah, I, I looked at her and I went... Broad forehead. Like, there's this deep emotional bit of them both, like, dying. And I was like... You laughed, didn't you? You like, laughed. I sadly just started thinking, she looks like Dr. Zayas. <laughs> <laughs> From the original Planet of the Apes. Which other Planet of the Apes, bro? Like, oh, yeah, the only, the yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, brah, sorry. brah. Let's get it so, right. Yeah, I'm <laughs> in your house, you know. I can't beef you like I want to, but if I wasn't... You always say this. I know. Anyway, <laughs> one thing I will say with the writing, because it is pretty much spot on all the way. The script there is There is great, yeah. one thing they do a little too many times. What's and that? I wanted to mention it earlier, but I think because we've concluded and we're talking about the entirety of the film. Yeah. Mm. There's the misunderstanding of the double meaning of a word joke, which is done about four or five times. You did say that this got a bit jarring overdone. for you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's one about him saying, um, you know, where he's talking, he makes the joke in front of the family and Sam Neill says to him... Inappropriate. Inappropriate, yeah. and we need to talk about time. And he goes... It's 10, yeah. it's 10 a.m. in the morning. And then there's later on, he goes, I need to pull my... And he goes, wait. And he goes, what for? <laughs> they do that gag a few too many times. Oh, you see, I didn't reconcile the two. Nah, I noticed that. And I was like, that's the only bit of the writing where I don't even feel like... That writing is initial. That's almost like someone later on's gone. Retroactive. You need, yeah, it's retroactive writing. It feels like someone's gone. Because it's Nicholas Kazan, and the only other script that I'm aware of that he yeah, wrote. Yeah, what's he done? Fallen with Denzel Washington. Fallen. Oh, I've never seen that. Crime, I've heard crime procedural movie. It's all right. It's not a bad I've movie. Heard a decent film. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't take that and take this and go, this is the same writer. No. Do you almost feel like if these jokes had been in the first half, I guess, even say quarter of the film and not had it, the jokes for the remainder of the film, it would have worked better? I just feel like you could have gone less of it. Okay. Like, there's other jokes that work perfectly and aren't repetitions, mm. whereas that's the only re repeated joke in it. Ultimately, I think that um, when it comes to Bicentennial Man or Bicentimental Man, as I've Bisexual. Oh, bisexual, bisexual man. man. Oh, fuck it. You want to do that then? Yeah. yeah he likes I mean, if you're my mate, man, so. I'm open to anything, Toby. If you want to be bisexual, man, you be bisexual. That's right. Man. No, no. There are some friends of mine who are, are bisexual men, but I mean, Tumblr says that bi is the sexual thing, so you can have bicentennial man, bi-weekly man, bi-weekly, bi-annual man, and it's it's all a sexual thing. Bye, bye, man. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> bye bye, man. Yes. Considering I picked this film because I saw the poster again online and went, "Wow, how fucking goofy does Robin Williams as a robot look?" You know Uncomfortable. I, mean? I don't like the way he's looking at me, trying to make eye contact when I don't want to. Mm, I thought that this film was going to be one of those we picked to tear apart, and bizarrely, Likewise. we've all been yeah. like, we've all been touched yeah. by this film. I think this is a, this is not a <laughs> Andrew touched me. I mean, where? No, the whole way through, I thought like, emotionally, yeah. you wouldn't call someone Andrew nowadays. Perverts. He's because I mean, Andrew is a paedophile. He is a paedophile. <laughs> um, so well, he's not words. a paedophile. I'm 28. No, Prince Andrew. No, a paedophile is anybody. Prince Andrew. Prince. You know, oh no, you've ruined bicentennial man. <laughs> Andrew. You know, in this country, oh, no. it's, it's not Prince. And they've got the same name as. It's Andrew, Andrew William, Kate, Charlie. Oh no. The whole shebang. Don't um, say that. But no, this is the definition of a. Forgotten gem, and that's not an expression I use. It really is at all, really. I think it's mismarketing. I think the yeah. time it's come out is a big like detriment to it. Mm. I think that there's a few things around the way it was done. I feel like if you'd gone for a less comical robot, which I, I can imagine critics at the time looking at it going, Robin Williams playing. Yeah, I although think I think his performance is Oscar worthy, even though it's a year after Goodwill Hunting. I think it's, it oh, is, it's definitely up there. It's yeah, definitely, definitely, the versatility yeah. in that performance. There's is, the awe yeah. of a child when he becomes, you know, when he starts, when he gets a dick, basically. When he gets a, <laughs> penis. That's how you, a penis. You, that's how you put this, narrow this film down is pre and post penis. <laughs> pre and post penis. Pretty much, Andrew, yeah. right? Yeah. He's kind of just like, oh, wow, yeah, kiss me. Oh, yeah, this bacon, it tastes amazing. Oh, my God. And that, to balance that with the existential side he's had previously yeah. or the the learning, because he's not like a child to begin with ever. He's never a child. No, he's like a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he's learning. Learn. He's just learning. Yeah. Yeah, thumbs up for me. I feel like if this, and it's a, it's a bomb. It made only 87 off its... 100 mil budget. So I know it came out here in January, but if you think about the end of 99, and a lot of those films were released um, in the UK later on in the year, but in the end of 99 in the States, you've got Toy Story 2, The World Is Not Enough, Pokemon, the first movie. Because The World uh, Is Not Enough actually suffered. What's that? The World Is Not Enough suffered a bit as well. Yeah, because yeah. you're coming up yeah. against like there was the big so hitters. so much out. Yeah. What, what, else? what else in 1999 at the end of it? Um, what, when was End of Days out in 1999? Was that a bit well, that, that That they dropped in October, and oh, that October, suffered. There you go. Yeah. And that suffered because the world is not enough. Oh, really? It that had three weeks at End of Days where it was yeah. actually doing all and right, and then Bond killed it, oh, shit. and that's regarded a bomb, yeah. even though uh, Gabriel Byrne as the devil is He's amazing. He's amazing. But a lot of those films that came out in the States at the end of 99 were spread out over the course of 2000 in Europe. And not a case of sending stuff to die in January. It was more of a case of we need to just get this stuff out. Yeah. Yeah. So Bicentennial Man, I remember being around as a kid. It's not like it came out and was forgotten about. It hung around for about five years. But I think particularly after the man passed away in the pantheon of Robert Williams' performances... Uh, this one is severely overlooked. I definitely, uh, sorry to interrupt, but I definitely think that I agree with your point fully and I wanted to get in on that. Like after Robin Williams' death, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of audiences that went back to watch his finer pieces of art and this would have definitely been in that but also the ones that they, you know, nostalgia is an important yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot of them would have gone back to watch the 80s stuff or the early 90s stuff mm. and not Happy Feet 
for for a case in point. Yeah, yeah, or you compare it to those like shoddy limited release films he did with like John Travolta and stuff, or V for V Vacation or something. RV. RV. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, JoJo. Yeah. Oh, all of those things that he did, and the one where someone's getting married and he plays the abrasive priest. Oh, what film was it? It's got like Jason Bruce or to Wed. License That's to Wed, it. yeah. Uh, like, unlike that, lot of stuff where you're like, whoa, this is toilet career yeah. material. Although Which, his stand-up at Prince Charles' 65th, we are most amused. It's still one of the best stand-ups. Yeah. Well, uh, I think uh, his stand-up work across the board mm. is truly unique yeah yeah there's not many people in an era where there's comedians who are very nihilistic very pessimistic you got the carlins the hickses of the world and there is no god and everyone's against you yeah to have someone like williams which is why uh, good morning vietnam he projects the serious serious material of the film with his own kind of joy and love of life so yeah, man. Thanks, Robin Williams. Yeah, thank it's you. It's kind of sad we're ending it like this, but that feels thank you for this piece of ten film. years since he passed, man. And let me tell you, every it never gets any easier. And I no. think that should tell you something that years after the fact, he wasn't a rock star. He wasn't a um, a Luke. He partied Perry like a rock somewhere. star. No, he, of course he did, man. But like <laughs> he, he saw the road coming ahead and was like, "Yeah, I think I've had enough of a good time." Dimension, oh, thank you. But I think the fact that we still talk about him we still revere him yeah. and also we still miss him mm. that's when you leave something and that is i think what we're all struggling or striving to do with any kind of art is that when you're gone doesn't matter how you go or when you go when people connect with your art they're like thank god that we had that guy with us man yeah, yeah. and you know with any significant death to anyone there's a void yeah and there's a void left by him yeah so. yeah Thanks. Yeah, man. We're not reviewing Flubber next week. I put my foot I tried to watch it I about a year ago. No, I tried I to watch it a year it. ago, and it's worse than you remember. I tried to watch it on It's So Bad I Can Laugh At It, and it's not. And it's evil. not. And I made it about half an hour. Flubber as a kid is so much fun. Oh, it's silly. It's bad. You make it past 21, and it's like, what the it's, fuck it's, is this? It's atrocious. Flubber isn't that sort of movie. film that you watch as an adult. You don't watch Flubber as an adult. No, you watch it as a kid, and you leave it there as a kid. You're a smart guy, Alex. I like you. That's what I've been told. Garbage. Please don't. But yeah, yeah, I um, I, I really enjoyed this this film, and I hope our uh, our listeners, I hope you guys enjoyed this review and actually go and watch the film yourself. Yeah, check yeah. it out. I it's feel not like, a film you remember if you've I seen it before. I feel like we've dug yeah. up, uh, uh, we've left just enough for this film to yeah. not be completely spoiled. No, no, yeah. I, d- I definitely think it is. Um, enough of a and they don't really make films like that I know it's a cliche but they don't really make films like this anymore mm, nowadays no. if they went for the science fiction route they'd try and make it either very explicit or they'd Dark, force an action scene at gritty, the end grayscale yeah. yeah this is an actual movie about human beings and you know the progression of life except one of them is a robot where it's got that instead it's got that Chris Columbus heroin golden brown shine to it you know the one yeah you know the one from that film where the kid goes into the sewer yeah. oh my god no it's been a pleasure thank you for listening uh, again you can follow us on ever uh, on, uh, on instagram social media yeah and however much i loathe 
this idea, but we got to do it, otherwise no one will know. So, yeah, thanks. It's been uh, Alex. Yep, it's been me. Thanks, guys, for having yeah. you here. It's also been Toby. It has, and it's been lovely talking Ralph. about this film. I remembered. Ralphie. I can be Ralph next week. Okay. And we got a new logo as well. Yeah. We do. Yeah. It's pink. Uh, yeah, I like pink. So yeah, do. good for you, guys. Uh, anyway, on that note, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Goodbye. All the best.